Welcome to Business Ninjas, brought to you by Write For Me, where you'll hear from business leaders who are out there growing their business and slaying it every day. Learn from the masters. Let's get started. John, thanks for joining us today on Business Ninjas. We're, we're happy to have you on board and looking forward to learning more about the company. Uh, maybe we can start by just having you tell us the basics, right? So what's the company name? What's your website and where are you located? Uh, it's a pleasure to join you today, Jamie. My name is John Williams. I'm the CEO and one of the founders of AutoCase, A-U-T-O-C-A-S-E. Uh, you can find more information on us at autocase.com. Uh, we're located in New York City and in Toronto. We are a software as a service company focused on the automation of economic assessments relative to investments in the built environment. For instance, investments in creating a green building, investments in creating uh, resilient infrastructure, investments in creating uh, tactics toward net zero carbon compliance strategies. Gotcha, interesting, okay. And uh, maybe you could give us just a little bit of a, a background bio on, on kind of what brought you to this project. You know, what, what what have you been doing in your career and what was intriguing about this? Uh, I'm going to do my best to give you the short version, but this yeah. is sort of the story of my life. So I'm going to try to spare you part of that. But I will take you back to 2007. I was an executive with a, a large architecture engineering construction company called HDR. I was the largest shareholder in the company. Uh, when I left the company 10 years ago, we had a, over 8,000 people and sales of approaching $2 billion. Uh, my job at HDR was to create new businesses within the legacy business. And I was involved in a series of meetings and uh, that required me to talk with sustainability officers and people that were making big commitments to uh, creating sustainable companies or communities or agencies or utilities, whatever. And uh, I had sort of an epiphany. It occurred to me that there are large numbers of organizations, public and private, that were making significant commitments to sustainability without thinking about the investments that might be required to be uber sustainable. And I worked with a team of economists to actually create a means of measuring the value of green. So what is the difference between a standard building and a green building when it comes to triple bottom line returns, social, environmental, economic returns? Uh, how do you measure those things? Uh, where is that value accruing over what period of time? And how do you tell, uh, create a business case around those practices? Well, Jamie, it was, it was wildly successful. In fact, we called it the SROI framework, Sustainable Return on Investment Framework. If you Google SROI framework, you'll see my fingerprints all over it. Uh, there was only one problem with it. It was, it was expensive because it was complex and time-consuming, involved a lot of original research. And so only the largest projects could afford it, the billion-dollar-plus projects, which all right, that's great. We had a lot of them lined up. We actually completed a lot of assessments for these projects. But it occurred to me, 
those weren't typical projects. You know, typical building investments might be five million or 25 million, 50 million, 150 million projects at that scale don't spend 50,000 to $250,000 per analytical run to create a business case, which is what we were charging at the time for Excel based products that mm. were not comparable, by the way, they were custom studies, not oh. comparable. Around that time, I was approached by Autodesk. Everybody's heard of Autodesk, one of the world's leading providers of design software. I'm sorry. That's right. Uh, design software. And they asked me if I'd ever considered leveraging cloud-based computing to do this type of analysis. And I thought, no, I haven't, but I should, because that's the solution to not only improving the quality of the product, but reducing the cost of analysis. And so I, I went to my partners in that company and I said, hey, we've been approached by Autodesk. They want to collaborate with us to bring us into the world of cloud-based computing. Why don't we do that? And frankly, there was no interest in that. Mm. And so I made a decision on my 25th anniversary in that company to leave the company and to create what is now AutoCase. And with uh, seed funding from Autodesk, we in fact have become a SaaS company that automates economic analysis for building and infrastructure projects, leverages cloud-based computing, and uh, takes us into a whole ne new level of analysis at frankly 1% of the cost of doing those studies back in 2007. Oh, holy cow, wow. So I went from creating businesses for another company to creating my own business along with several of my partners that came with me from that company. So that's that's the history. Wow, that's quite an origin story. And then, I mean, it's a huge uh, vote of confidence to have Autodesk provide the seed funding. That's that's amazing. And, I, and, and they're strategic partners today and minority shareholders in our company. That's fantastic. And you were telling me earlier that you have a, a current round going on now. Maybe you can share some insights on on that. Yeah, I'm, uh, thanks for asking, Jamie. I'm excited about that. This, uh, this is our second crowdfunding round. We uh, had a successful round in the summer of 2021. And now we're seeking to raise as much as uh, just under $5 million uh, to use to help expand the uh, development of our new carbon tool called CarbonSite Beta, which is a software offering that helps multinational companies manage their building portfolios, facility portfolios toward their net zero carbon commitments. And by the way, it's a, a global tool that uh, we already have a couple of customers in the FANG community. Uh, we've been approached by uh, one of the world's largest banks. Uh, we have a number of commercial real estate companies and of course, uh, a large number of architecture, engineering, construction companies and sustainability consulting companies all collaborating with us to make sure that there's a single dashboard that the C-suite can look at to, to gain confidence that all of the buildings in their portfolio worldwide are doing the right things, setting the right priorities, coming up with the right combination of solutions 
to help them meet their net zero goals for the least amount of money and on right. time. That sounds like a so lot of moving parts to track. I, yeah, there are, but it costs money for us to expand and market that tool. Therefore, we have this uh, current raise that's being conducted on uh, a platform called Start Engine. Or if you go to startengine.com forward slash autocase, you'll go right to our campaign and you'll learn lots about our company. That's fantastic. Right on. And uh, what's what's the revenue model for the company? We are a first of all, we're a SaaS company, so yep. we offer subscription licenses. Now, now more and more of them are enterprise based licenses to our customers, could, uh, likely to be multi-year licenses with different levels of subscription cost. On top of that, we offer uh, specialty bespoke advisory services for elements of economic analysis that have not been automated yet. We we offer advisory services to conduct those types of assessments. And we use the revenues from those services to expand our research and expand the capability of our software. So it's sort of a closed loop uh, process. That's great. And it also helps us build our brand and reputation across the industry. Okay, interesting. And maybe maybe we could dive into the types of uh, you know prospective customers that you're looking for. So, what are the maybe the roles and responsibilities of the people that are using uh, your offering? And, and you know, what are the goals and challenges that they're each sort of individually facing? There's probably a couple of different constituencies that you're servicing there so let's let's look at that i'm going to start with our verticals yeah and then i'm going to tell you who that we're who we're targeting and what their personas are great so the, the verticals include the architecture engineering and construction industry okay because they tend to be involved at the earliest stage of project development so early stage planning siting early stage design yep. uh, building owners uh, facility owners, infrastructure owners turn to their architects and engineers to, to help them figure out what it is they're going to actually create. And so the sooner they get involved in comprehensive business case analysis on design decisions, the better the combinations of offerings are that go to the owner. They can say, this is what we think the building involves, and here's the business case that backs the the elements of that design program. Say the HVAC, the uh, the skin treatment, the roofs, water, waste, etc., lighting, all the controls. Here's why we selected this particular package for our preliminary design, and here's the economic analysis that goes with it, including the life cycle cost analysis triple bottom line, sustainability analysis, and complete carbon analysis. So the first vertical, basically the design and construction community. Mm -hmm. The next one are the building owners themselves. And more and more are companies working with companies like Brookfield Properties or Rexford Industries or Atlanta International Airport, San Francisco International Airport, LAX. Actually, we serve more than a dozen major airports in North America. On top of those, we have, as I mentioned earlier, we have a few FANG companies that we're serving today. We have publicly traded companies. Uh, we have uh, public agencies like utilities, 
or the city of San Antonio, for instance, city of LA, city of New York, uh, Toronto, Metrolinx, those are all parts of our vertical process. But it's basically early stage planning and design, the building owners, and then sustainability consultants like Stoke or Atelier 10 are our customers as well. And then we have real estate management companies, for instance, a company like Lend Lease, okay, that we've worked with over the years. So those are basically the verticals that we're dealing in. Mm-hmm. And we're focused on the top five players in each of those categories. So already we're serving uh, more than five of the top 10 players in the AEC community. It's actually wow. close to 10 right now. Wow. So the lar- world's largest architects, largest engineers, the biggest construction companies uh, in real estate. Again, companies like Brookfield Properties that are top tier players in aviation airports like LAX or Atlanta International, top five airports. Uh, and then in public entities, you don't get much bigger than L.A., Toronto, right? Yeah, and New York. Wow. Uh, so now let's go to the to the people that we're we're focused on because right. it's an interesting group. We we start generally with the chief sustainability officer or the people that are charged with uh, net zero energy, net zero carbon compliance, and then we tend to work our way beyond those players into the the true C-suite players, the CFOs, even CEOs, because ultimately sustainability officers, and I used to be one, uh, it sounds like a big title, but most of them would agree that they're at the mercy of others within their organizations. They don't generally control the purse strings and they, they need to convince the CFO that you should invest money in these areas. And, and they, they love our company and our products because that's what we do. We measure outcomes, financial returns, social environment and environmental returns, regional economic returns. So they can say, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing because it makes business sense for our company or our county or our city or our airport or our shareholders. Here are the, here's the returns on investment. Here's how our stakeholders benefit. I'll, I'll give you an example. Uh, uh, some of our earliest work was for Prologis, which is one of the world's largest landlords, if not the largest when it comes to distribution centers mm. and fulfillment centers. Uh, if you drive around the country, you're no doubt, if you go through a rural area, you'll see these giant warehouses, often they're Prologis facilities. And Prologis, uh, early on was marketing their buildings as green. You know, you want to be one of our tenants because they're green. And then their competitors started saying, we're green too. And so Prologis said, well, but we're green and we're lead rated. And sure enough, their competitors came along. They countered that offer. They came to us because they wanted to finally say, here's what green is worth to our tenants and to our shareholders and frankly, to our host communities. Mm. And and here's the added value of a prologist building if it's sited in your community. There are certain social, environmental, and regional economic benefits. We come to the table right off the bat. 
And so we're willing to talk about those things when it's time to site a new facility. Or if we have a tenant that's getting a lot of heat to go to net zero energy, net zero carbon, you know, super sustainability, super healthy, productive workforce, Prologis can share our data with those tenants and those tenants themselves can share that data with their shareholder relations groups. So it's a it's a really neat thing. We also understand that people who rent buildings, particularly big buildings, are are under more and more scrutiny for the performance of those buildings. You know, high performance performing buildings have a positive gift that keeps on giving. Poor performing buildings can be an albatross around your neck. And in our business, we measure both the high performance and the poor performance, including the cost of poor performance or the value of benefits for high performing buildings. So we believe over time that we're actually measuring a potential risk to a business that at some point the business is going to care about. And if you're in the EU right now, the new sustainability reporting rules through EFRAG in the EU are requiring a look at double materiality. So it's not only the financial material risks to the business, but there's the risks associated with impact from that business that are material to its future. And we measure both. Interesting. Okay. You know, there, there's a term, what get measured gets done. Right. And in the world of sustainability and carbon compliance and things like that, there's more and more and more pressure to show me the data. Get, let's measure this. Let's go objective and transparent. That's our business. Interesting. And I would imagine that, that it seems that a lot of times the EU leads on those, those standards, but then they migrate here fairly rapidly. Yeah. So. And there certainly the UK is, is, just as serious. And in the United States now and in Canada, the emphasis is growing rapidly. You know, if you if you look at the requirements of the new IRA bill that relate to carbon, or if you look at the uh, set-asides and the, uh, the, the massive infrastructure bill, mm-hmm. there are specific set-asides for investments in energy and environmental-related projects that involve guarantee, guaranteeing benefits to environmental justice communities. Well, we measure those benefits. We can help you explain to those communities what does that investment actually bring to you. Right. That's awesome. And so what uh, what's your strategy for reaching out to, uh, you know, educate the market on, on what you have available? Like what what are you working on to spread the gospel and let people know that you're you have solutions to these challenging issues that these companies are facing? Well, we we begin with, obviously, social media and Mm -hmm. the onset of the pandemic really forced us to accelerate what we're doing in social media. But first, we cast a nest far and wide. Uh, Then we qualify those leads through social media. Then we do more directed marketing to them. At the same time, we're very involved professionally in organizations like USGBC, the American Institute of Architects. Uh, the uh, uh, Institute for Sustainable Infrastructure, uh, the International Conference for Sustainable Infrastructure, I think it's called ICSI, American Society of Civil Engineers, 
there's a bunch of organizations and we we at a minimum play committee roles on those organizations usually mm. on sustainability or resilience committee uh, i was the chairman of the board at the institute for sustainable infrastructure for four years uh, we have other members of my team that have other officerships and we're quite involved in conference planning and the, on the speaking circuit. So prior to the pandemic, we did a lot through the speaking circuit and uh, grew a massive network. That way we grew a massive reputation for being the leaders in this type of economic analysis. And then we combined that with our collaborative partnerships. So we made a uh, deliberate decision to collaborate with our customers. We don't just sell to them, we partner with them. And so, uh, for instance, uh, with our carbon site, carbon dashboard tool, we're working with a number of existing customers right now to design the tool around their needs. Mm. And um, in when it comes to auto case, our building software, we work intensely with Gensler, with Stantec, with HOK, uh, with D DKS, uh, with a bunch of architecture and engineering companies to design in features that really work for them. And frankly, a lot of those companies use us extent as extensions of their staff. They don't need to hire a bunch of economists to fulfill their needs. They just simply come to us and we do it on their behalf. So those relationships have paid off in spades. And, and that's why I think we were so successful getting to the top five players because in the architecture engineering world they all knew that they needed to address the business case but they didn't want to take on the overhead mm. and they knew that we were the leaders so they came to us and now the same is true in a lot of the other organizations the airports commercial real estate they view us the same way so it's uh it's a strong built-in relationship that gives us the opportunity to listen to them yeah. to respond with technology and deliver products that better suit their needs that's fantastic and so to to wrap up let's give everybody an idea of where to find you on social media which uh which channels are you most active in and where can folks find you most active in uh, on linkedin mm -hmm. and uh you know our url is uh, https colon forward slash forward slash www.autocase.com you can also go to info at autocase.com and again i'll just repeat if you're interested in learning more about this current uh start engine round you just go to startengine.com forward slash forward slash autocase and you'll see reams of information there Great. All right. Well, John, thanks for setting aside the time today uh, and for helping us understand more about who you are and where you're headed. It sounds very exciting and we wish you continued success. Appreciate it, Jamie. Thank you. Hey, are you a business ninja? Want to be interviewed like this? Give us a shout. Go to www.writeforme.io, W-R-I-T-E-F-O-R-M-E.io and schedule a time to meet with us and we'll make it happen. Keep slaying it, y'all.